Hey, Corey, we're back. Uh, getting ready for the Tennis Revolution podcast here. I think it was a good one today. Yeah, we had a lot of tennis action this week. and A lot of things in the tennis world going on, so it's exciting. Talk about a little Rome. Yes. And we're going to be able to get through it because there's no ladies here today. That's right. It's just us. It's a bachelor party out here, so a lot of drinking and swearing and maybe a little <laughs> tennis. So talk a little Rome, talk a little bit, a uh, little Sharapova. Yeah, of course. And how about how about pop culture? Oh, yeah. Some that's... tennis popping up in pop culture. That that's never exciting. happens. No, doesn't. So it's actually, it is really exciting. Um, and so who knows? Maybe that's uh, a harbinger for good things that's to come right. for tennis. Um, Build the fan base. Yeah, there you go. All right, you ready to get into it? I'm ready. All right. From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Welcome back to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. I came in kind of hot on that one, didn't I? <laughs> that was a little bit uh, yelly, I think. Maybe a little <laughs> screamy. Uh, maybe it's because I'm excited. Big week of tennis. No, because it's just me and you. We oh. can finally get some stuff decided, some stuff done. Corey, how are you, buddy? Doing great. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be by yourself, just <laughs> us. You Are you happy to? I'm used to having no women around, so it's perfect. My normal uh, they don't like you much do they <laughs> no that's all right no uh none of our hostesses uh hosts to be politically correct are here <laughs> today they all had way more important stuff even though we had a ginormous week in tennis they must just be glued to the tv watching all the tennis that happened over the last couple of days and it seems to happen every time we actually talk about women's tennis when they're not here <laughs> i don't think we're sexist after all well i wouldn't go that far all right uh, we do have some tennis to talk about. I think that's what we're here for. Yeah, usually. All right. <laughs> um, so without the ladies, uh, we're going to start with the men, though. Well, I didn't know there was a women's tournament this week, was there? Yeah. <laughs> no, they uh, they played some good tennis. Some surprising results and all that kind of stuff and some big news. Yes. Some big news that makes me mad. Uh, well, let's talk about the, the men's tournament. So we were in Rome, right? Another you ever been to Rome? Uh, hmm, Georgia. <laughs> I like hate to think about it. I was like, I think you would remember if you'd been there. Uh, Rome. There is a Rome, Texas, but they spell it with an R-H. That's right. O-M-E. Uh, I've never been to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been to Rome, Georgia. Right. Have you been to Rome, Georgia? I have not. It sounds glorious. Rome, Rome Texas? No. Like, there's got to be other Romes besides those. <laughs> That's probably the only Rome I'll ever get to is one of those two. Well, you know, we have a steady listener from Italy. So if you want to sponsor the show and but send us to Rome. Send us to Rome. It's too late. The tournament's over. <laughs> but uh, we do have a listener from Italy, but it's uh, it's not in the Rome area. Right. Sta- they don't have, do they have states? Uh, God, I'm again, such an American. I'm such an American. I don't know anything about anywhere else but my home country uh, and barely know anything about that. No, we have one listener and it's uh, they're from somewhere called v- Veneto, V-E-N-E-T-O. Heard of it? I think it's an Italian supermodel. That's her hometown. That would be good. <laughs> no. So you've never heard of that area? No, I have not. Uh, well, it's, it's kind of like the region where Venice is. Okay. 
that helps. <laughs> you ever heard of Venice? <laughs> yeah, I have. All right. Did you know it was in Italy? <laughs> thought it was California. Yeah. But yeah. Venice Beach. Um, no, it's uh, lovely. Look, mountains. I mean, the, the viewers can't look, but you can. Uh, you know, it's right at the, the foot of the Alps, I guess. Is that what those are? Again, you're... I'm on the map, and I just, our knowledge. still don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah, so it's around the Venice area. So somebody's somebody's uh, riding around in one of those boats with the striped shirts and the stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's our knowledge of Italy right there, eating pizza and <laughs> I don't yeah. know what a, cannolis. Um, yeah, I say all of that because I've got a player from Italy, and he just it, it drives him insane when we talk about Olive Garden being Italian <laughs> food. And we, I do that on purpose because right, I know it's not. <laughs> so pizza yes what are those boats called oh gondola i thought that was a cheese <laughs> no you're right gorgonzola aha uh-huh. <laughs> yes yeah so somebody's riding around in a gondola with one of those striped shirts and a hat on uh with a stick pushing <laughs> it around and listening to the podcast remember when we said we were gonna get really some stuff accomplished today without the ladies now we're that, seeing that's a good point maybe who the source of the problem is is not them all right that's fair that's fair yeah, so anywho, so we have an Italian listener is what the whole point of that was, and they're around Venice somewhere. I'm saying Venice is what I'm going to go with. Grazie so. for listening. Yeah, there you go. That's the extent of my Italian. What about uh, Arabic? Because we have some listeners in <laughs> far away in Saudi Arabia, actually. I think that's Rebecca's territory. So, all right, so uh, Rome. Tell me a little bit about Rome. It was a pretty crazy tournament. As usual, the uh, number one seed flamed out early pitiful uh to an italian player which was kind of exciting for them to get to see an italian player beat a number one which probably hasn't happened that often yeah so he lost to fabio not the uh not the beautiful blonde with the flowing hair <laughs> from the romance novel covers <laughs> that, but uh, that's the kind of supermodel that's listening to us right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh but Fab- fabio fognini is what we call him but i don't think they pronounce it like that but i don't really he's got to be the most frustrating player on the tour because he can do matches and he can have matches like that and then lose the, to anybody. Yeah. Um, the Italian Isner. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Except Fabio's got more talent. Right. Sorry, John. We love you. Go America. But not in this tournament. Yeah. Wait a minute. So here's the thing. Anytime an American, and I mean an American that we are aware of and that we've been watching and we kind of know where they're at, kind of sneaks up and has a good run like this, all it does is piss me off. <laughs> it just pisses me off because they don't mean it. Right. You know, it's, a, it's a fluke. Yeah. I mean, not a fluke. I mean, he's six foot 20, and so he can serve anybody off the court, even on clay. Right. So he's always in it. Every one of his matches, you know, is seven, six, six, seven, you know, seven, six or whatever. Look, listen, first round. Six seven seven six, and then he won six one. That's a miracle. So two tiebreakers right. in his first match. Second match seven six seven six, two tiebreakers. <laughs> Third match seven six six four. Fourth but, match seven six two six seven six. But wait, coach, those sound like really exciting <laughs> sets. They go to tiebreaks. They must be thrilling. Yeah, they are exactly. <laughs> Watching him lumber around the yeah. court, you know, yes. missing balls nineteen feet wide on you know because <laughs> on a he second can't serve return. Right, exactly. Serve it to his body. What I don't know is how do you lose a set 6-1 like, like he a, did in the semis? He's like a T-Rex trying to get out of the way of the ball. He's a little t- so, Except yeah. with no intimidation. Right. So 6-4, six, 6-7, six, six, that He ultimately lost. But And how do you lose a set 6-1 with more, his serve? Yeah, I know. Because you're tired. Yeah. Because you're tall and, and you can't run. And he, he will 
he would beat me up if he ever saw me. But I mean, it's true. <laughs> so am I not, wrong? No, but you're not, and you're not going to give me a real answer to this. But I'm going to ask anyway. If you were, since this we are talking about this tournament, if you were coaching him for the next three months, what would you focus on? For the next three months? Yeah, or whatever. His career, six yeah, months, so whatever. until he fired me, so for <laughs> a week. Well, first of all, he's got to quit trying being a hero on return games. He's got to go Pete Sampras style. Yeah. And I, listen, I don't... <laughs> you know, Sampras knew he was going to hold a serve. Right. And so he'd take a swipe at a return here and there, and if he got a lead, he'd, he'd push hard to try to get the break, and that was it. Right. If I'm Isner... I don't care about return games. Why right. would I expend my energy knowing I can't make it three sets? Or if I do, it's by hanging on by a thread. Now, I mean, watching him in those tie breaks is amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's just nails in right. a tie break. But he's been playing them all his life, so he knows. I mean, because that's – he's been I'm, – I'm sure he wasn't like 5'7 <laughs> in 12th grade. Right. All right. So, yeah. uh, you know, he's been playing this game style, um, you know, big serve, knowing he's going to, you know, dominate. But – I would tell him just ease back on return games. Stop being yeah. a hero. Well, and kind of along the same vein, I've always thought just hit every return as hard as you can. And if it goes in, great. If it goes out, great. Who cares? Don't get in a 10-12 ball rally on a return game when even if you win the point, you're going to lose the next three because you're exhausted and right. you wasted all that energy. At least and, you hit it hard. And that's not going to end. Yeah, and that's not to say that uh, – he's just going to walk away with his serve every time. I mean, you're, you're talking about the best players in the world, so clearly it's it, otherwise every match he would be in the finals, right. w- either winning or losing 7-6 in the third. Yeah. So obviously people can compete and, and uh, return his serve, but I mean, he just showed on clay, which should to some degree neutralize his serve a little bit, um, that when he's on, he's on and he can do, but you know, I would much rather see him Chip and charge, just right. get points over with quick on his yeah. return game. I mean, he's jai effing enormous. All right, <laughs> his wingspan—that's another thing that drives me insane about players. Is if they come in and just watch a ball go by them, right. it drives me insane. <laughs> you don't have any clue. You can't. You can't. You don't have the time, right, to make a decision on whether you can get it or not. You just have to react to the direction it's going, and then and then move to cut the ball off right. in that direction. You make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. But stand there watching it go by because you're trying to, mm, can I get there? Can I not? Well, of course you can if you have to make that decision. So if he if he chipped and charged or 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 drove, you know, forehand drive right down the middle and just lumbered in, you know, jolly green giant style, you know, put some pressure on some guys, boom, quick break, yeah. and then he can cruise on return games from there on out and then serve. Well, and what I think is funny is that I think Karlovich does a much better job of that than Isner. Right. But Isner's always higher ranked for some reason. It must be, I think Isner's serve is a little better, and maybe he's in better shape than Karlovich. But well, Karlovich he's way comes younger. in. He's yeah. way younger. But Karlovich has never been top 20, I don't think. Are you sure? He's never been top 10. He's maybe been top, he's been around 20. Very but I feel consistent. like he tries to come in a yeah. lot when he plays, and Isner never comes in unless he just gets a wide open opportunity. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, uh, I think... I think Karlovich has a little bit more... He doesn't have that unbreakable, un- unbeatable tiebreak kind of uh, mentality either like Isner does. Right. For whatever reason. I think his game actually drops in tiebreaks, whereas Isner's gets better. Career high. Um, God, I hate the way Europeans do their stupid date. <laughs> um, 
August 18th, 2008. They got that <laughs> month. I think there is no 18th month, right, people. Damn Europeans. Uh, his career high was 14. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he did get better. Eight singles titles. And I don't think he's ever made a Grand Slam quarter. Here, uh, his win-loss, 338 and 296. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Eight mil, over eight, almost $8.5 million prize money. Hoo-wee. And doesn't play doubles at all. Uh, career high in doubles, 44. 87 okay. and 106. He plays doubles. Okay. I think he plays doubles in like Davis Cup, right. stuff like that for sure. But I guess when you got, you know, fitness is not your strength, you can't be playing singles and doubles in every tournament. I just feel like, I feel like he does move better. Well, he definitely moves forward better. I don't he's know about inch, side to side. He's an inch taller too, by the way. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's definitely maintained his ranking, whereas Isner's been fading the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. But, but again, but I like, I actually like to watch Karlovich because I feel like there's a little bit of slice. He's coming to the net. There's a little bit more nuance to his game, whereas Isner's just like, I'm going to hit it hard and it's going to go in or out. And then when I have to run, I'm going to lose the point. Yeah, that's true. That's true for sure. So he, too bad. so he played 138 games and he can break Mahout one time. <laughs> <laughs> that just tells me how bad his return game is. Yeah, it was just lean on the serve and then hope Mahout, yeah. you know, double faulted <laughs> once in three days, <laughs> literally. Right. Uh, that's referring back to the Wimbledon match. Yes, 11 uh, hours. Yeah, over three days. And then finished and had to play him almost immediately <laughs> after. <laughs> I'm telling you. That was slightly shorter than 11 hours in I, the next round. I could have beat him, I think. He was busted, man. <laughs> he was finished. All right, so I don't know how we got off topic. Well, Isner made the semis in this somehow. Oh, that's how and he we beat got off topic. a couple good players. Yeah, I mean, he beat Warinka. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. Um, beat Chilich, right? He did. and So two, two top 10 players he beat. And, and pushed uh, Zverev. Yeah, more than Djokovic did. Yeah, <laughs> don't ruin the surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you haven't watched, um, now the good thing about tournaments in Europe is by the time we record on Sunday night, everything's done. Right. So we we look like gen- we could just fake <laughs> it and look like geniuses and pull the old time travel trick, but we're not. We're honest. Um, yeah. So first of all, to be fair and to to give the listeners what they want, and that's the honest truth. Um, <laughs> I really, if I was allowed to gamble, because I'm an NCAA coach, I, I cannot bet on tennis. So they think. <laughs> which uh, is why he's not homeless. Right, exactly. <laughs> which is why right, why I'm not running from the mob. <laughs> um, I thought a Dominic team was going to beat uh, Djokovic. Yeah, well, I definitely thought, obviously, it would be more competitive than that. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't. It, I, I was actually getting mad at the TV um, because it was pissing me off. That, you know, first of all, he's a young up and comer and everybody's got, you know, all the high hopes. Right. Semifinals of a, a Masters 1000. So you think he'd be pretty motivated. Now, you know, now to some degree, maybe he ran out of gas and, and emotional energy because he just beat Rafa the day right. before in pretty, pretty solid fashion. So you're like, wait a second. Why can't you follow it up playing somebody who's been playing like crap? Um, but he didn't. One and oh. I mean, that was pitiful. That was not fun. Yeah, that has to be the most lopsided match in the tournament. Um, which is pretty crazy in the semifinal. But what's funny about no, that? No, the match, most lopsided was <laughs> Key Nishikori lost. Uh he re- didn't he retire? Oh uh, no, 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 wait. No, no, no. Nicholas Amalgro. 
against he was down around. he was down 3-0 against Roth and they retired so, <laughs> but he legitimately you saw him he couldn't like he had stopped moving back yeah. at the baseline and was just standing there and something was wrong with his leg or something or another and Rafa came over and gave him a smooch and said how you doing buddy because they're buddies <laughs> countrymen but uh that was the most lopsided match <laughs> that one didn't finish to right. be fair what's and it's easy to say this now but should Rafa have played this tournament why not well, just because he's 15-0, and 0, he's played three weeks in a row, should he have saved up his energy for the French, even though you have the week break next week. He should have played this one and maybe not played... Madrid. Yeah, something. You definitely played Monte Carlo. How awesome is that place? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was an interesting... You know, this is probably the first time that I can remember outside of Federer del Potro from, whatever, 2009. When's the last time you can remember a young up-and-comer playing one of the top two players and winning... In the last 10 years, it hasn't happened very often in like a big match. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, that just part of it, it's, it's they're showing their age. Yeah, finally. But we thought it would happen a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, and, you know, these young guys are coming up. But like I said, man, I, obviously I want it to be Americans, but I'm happy with any young guys coming up because I want more depth. Right. I, I You know, like you've always said, I'm sick of watching the same four players win everything. Well, and the first week of Grand Slams for the last 10 years has been so predictable. It would be nice to see, you know, some of these young guys, even if it's not, they don't beat them, at least push them uh, well, to a closer match. Yeah, predictable. And then, you know, it's not like I'm watching Jordan win six champions, right. three in a row and then three in a row. Yeah. It's, in my opinion, I'm watching four players dominate a shitty field. Right. Not shitty. Which I mean, it's like this year's NBA playoffs, you mean? Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anywho, yeah, don't get me started talking about <laughs> basketball because I'm absolutely clueless on basketball for sure. So, yeah, so anyway, so Dominic team let me down hor- horrifically. He is Lu- your guy. I like the guy. Um, and then, uh, but thankfully, <laughs> I just don't like Djokovic. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I have to see him do his stupid heart thing, if I'm ever, <laughs> listen, no, I won't be able to see him. In the U- I can't take a gun. to the- No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It'd be hard to get a gun into New York right. City. Uh, I'm just kidding. I would never harm anyone. Um, <laughs> but the good news is, is Zverev ended up uh, beating Djokovic in straight sets. Yeah. Um, to win, good for him, huh? It de- this tournament definitely made the French a lot more interesting, which is what we needed because it's it was looking very, uh, you know, very formulaic so far. Right. Now, was that his? Uh, do you know offhand if that was his? Um, his first Masters 1000 win? That's got to be. I mean, he's probably won a couple titles, but that's got to be his first Masters. That might have even been his first Masters final. Let's see. Yeah, he won Montpelier. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ask me. I'm unaware. My favorite tournament. Yeah, exactly. Indoor hard. Yeah, we know that one to Masters. Okay. And then Munich, outdoor clay. Okay, which that's, I think, a decent tournament, but not a Masters. Right, right. Well, yeah, so Montpelier in France is a 250, and then um, Munich is also a 250. So that's good, though. I mean, you know, you got to start. You can't win Wimbledon immediately. Right, and that gets him pretty close to the top 10, which obviously helps for seeding and all that. Uh, It's got him at 10 right now. Yeah, so his seeding will be better, and Federer's not playing the French, so spoiler alert. Uh, but uh, that'll help for the uh, draws for the French, too, right. if he can get in the top eight. Yeah, so, and he won a doubles title. He won Montpelier with his brother. Okay, same tournament. Misha. 
So, um, and then last year he won St. Petersburg, another indoor um, tournament, 250 in Russia. So there you go. But good for him. I mean, that's fun. Now start, starting to see some guys win these bigger tournaments. That's really beating somebody, you know, not that Federer plays Montpelier. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. Um, but him winning those tournaments is good, helping. But, you know, once you do something like win a, a big tournament, Masters 1000, or even a 500, you know, now you feel like, all right, this guy's on his way. He's right. got some confidence now going into the French. Um, maybe a little pressure. We'll see how that hurt, hurts or helps him. Yeah, because to do um, that, you generally have to beat two or three top ten players. You're not going to coast in a tournament like this. Right, and granted, all the top players are playing like crap. Right. Um, and, they, and so, you know, whatever. But uh, but no, that's good. I mean, he seems to be a decent person on, on the court and off the court. You know, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> but he never acts like a complete ass on the court, does yeah, he? Yeah, not that I've seen. So. All right, I'm sick of talking about guys. Men's tennis is stupid. <laughs> you want to talk about some women's tennis? Sure. All right, we'll do that when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, we're back talking about women's tennis. So this is going to be a quick segment. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like we always, always say, always admit to that. I think we identify with the women's game a little bit more, a lot more, and and there is, you know, I think there's more to watch. I don't right. know. I think clay helps out on the men's side. We'll see. Grass is going to be a disaster, probably. But yeah, so with what? A lot we, of the big names not playing. It's kind of lost a little bit of its luster for me, but. I'm telling you, if Rafa pulls out of Wimbledon, there is a conspiracy to be had. I mean, if he wins the French, he's got to go for number one at that point. Well, yeah, uh, but you know what I'm saying. Or but yeah. Career, or uh, yeah, whatever. All right, so um, the women also played in Rome, which is in Italy, which where we have a listener near the Venice area, in case you <laughs> didn't join us for the first half of this podcast. <laughs> I don't know how you even do that, so... Um. So once again, just like on the men's side, <laughs> what do we have? The number one seed out like a light. So a, I posed the question last week: Is this the worst number one seed ever? Is this the worst dual number one seeds we've ever had, men's and women's? Oh, that's a good question. Well, last week we were just talking about the, the worst number one, right? Because Andy Murray, right? Angelique is uh, climbing up the ranks there. At least, at least Andy's got a couple of grand salamis under his belt. More, you know, more yeah. than. Angelique. Yeah, this is pitiful, man. This is pitiful. Uh, she lost to a qualifier, by the way. 4-0, by the way. I don't know what... I mean, maybe she's hurt. I don't know. Well, and that girl, Contevate, she's, I think, a young up-and-comer or something. But still, I mean, how does the number one seed lose 6-0 to anybody? Right. If you're number one in the world, you can't lose 6-0 to anybody. Right. So, uh, another notable notable thing is, you know, Sharapova playing in it. Wild card. But the, <laughs> she will not have that luxury in the French, <laughs> will she? Yeah, I don't know what my thoughts are on that. It's, I know I get paid big bucks to say what my thoughts are on that, but I think for the sake of the tournament, she should have played. That, that I can definitely say. All right, so just from pure rating slash 
drama slash interest that it, that it would draw just because of her level, not because right. of all the bullshit, because of her level and her coming back and competing and being arrested and all those things. Yeah, of course, it definitely would have made, made the French better. But uh, you, are you siding with <laughs> our only Canadian listener uh, up there in uh, the the lovely and talented, <laughs> yeah. beautiful and... Uh, Talented is an exaggeration now. Well, no, she's I'm just talented. kidding, just kidding. So, Sorry, um, Eugenie, don't hold that against me. Yeah, so Eugenie, of course, everybody has to have heard by now unless... Their only news comes from this podcast, <laughs> in which I would say, "What are you doing?" Well, even then, they heard about it. From right, us. that's true. So yeah, she came at her, and now in that her comments have been printed in Tennis yeah. Magazine, right? right? Which everybody's forced to read thanks to USTA. <laughs> um, does anybody have a subscription? And honest to goodness, you know, I always want to know that. Send in a check for your for your uh, subscription to Tennis Magazine. I guess if you didn't play tennis at all. You could just have a tennis, but I think the magazine subscription is more than the membership to USDA. Yeah. So why would you even bother? Are there any additional benefits? No. Are there any additional issues that come out that USTA members not, don't get? Not to my knowledge. I don't I, I've never, yeah. I mean, I've never seen, I mean, not that anybody goes to the newsstand <laughs> right. anymore. But uh, I have seen them at like airports and things. I mean, yeah. who's buying the tennis magazine? If you are in a tennis, you're already a USTA member. Right. I would assume. Right. Well, maybe. I mean, there are people that are fans that watch right. tennis and don't play, which astounds me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Tennis Magazine, who the hell? I mean, why doesn't the USTA just buy them and be right. done with it? Yeah. Because then they would have to, yeah, because then their their magazine's awful. So. <laughs> um, all right. I don't, sorry. Tennis Magazine tangent. By the way, I can't stand Tennis Magazine. Um all right, so uh, yeah, so now her comments were printed in Tennis Magazine where she was saying that she's a cheating ass bitch and I hate her <laughs> and she should never play tennis again. Essentially, yes. Basically, that's what she wanted to say, right. but she's Canadian. She's too nice. And, and she wasn't much more <laughs> censored than that, but right. but a little bit. But the one argument that I won't tolerate, which is what the kind of the French Federation or whoever it is is saying, is what her ranking doesn't warrant her being in the tournament. I'm like, well, neither did the number 700 French wild card you gave the you know, spot in the draw to. That's what is annoying to me. Is like I guarantee there's some French players in there that are not ranked in the top 500. Right. That'll be playing the French. That'll lose first round, get killed, and then Sharapova's sitting at home watching. Well, and I do be fair. I mean, they're a French federation, so you know they do have a responsibility to the youngsters. Right, and they've got um, a system set up where players earn the wild card, but they usually have a couple set aside for. Right, whatever. but I think that's different. That's that's giving them an opportunity to. Uh, get some experience which in their system you know because whatever so I, I i hear what you're saying i don't have a problem with it i just think you hate french people <laughs> um well i don't have a problem with those letting those players in but don't say that sure is not getting in because of their ranking just right say, well that but that's aside from the fact they're letting play that's just a lie she's gonna i mean she's gonna go deep theoretically i mean she yeah. lost to lucic baroni in the second or third round or something yeah um but, you know, hell, she's back and she's playing well. But, yeah, you're exactly right. That was just a weak cop-out because right. they're scared to say, we agree with Eugenie. Yeah. We like Canada and we're going to go <laughs> with what she says. And to me, there's no reason they couldn't have put her in qualifying. Put her in qualifying. If she earns her way and wins 10 matches, then Clearly, she deserves to. She be right. Um, and, I mean, imagine the interest in the qualifying tournament, which they don't normally have. I mean, that would have generated huge interest in that. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you. I think, uh, first of all, I listen. I don't know if this is going to hurt my chances with Eugenie or not, but 
I disagree with her completely. Your governing body set the punishment for the rule she broke. She served it. And now she should be done. And, and obviously, they caught her. So it's not like, you know, maybe she turned her in. I don't know. <laughs> but, it, you know, so it's not. It, so basically, she, she'll she be watched. And I'm sure she's got, you know, she's pretty, pretty, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know words. Um, <laughs> regulated. You know, yeah, pretty regulated. Where they're, they're probably keeping a pretty good eye on her is right. what I'm getting at. So, I, so in terms of her cheating again, I'd really, I mean, I, I put my podcast career on the line <laughs> here, but uh, I'm guessing she's not going to do that again. I don't think Sharapova's dumb enough um, or would risk enough. And like I said, I don't think she did such a dirty, dirty thing. Right. It wasn't like she was shooting deer pee or whatever <laughs> Ray Lewis was doing. Well, in any other sport, once your suspension's over... You're immediately back on the team, back in the league. They're not saying, you know, LeBron, you can't play in the playoffs next year because right. you got suspended last year. I mean, that doesn't matter. Once you're back, you're back. It's no, over. they don't have rankings. Right. So her ranking does affect what she can play, whereas, you know, if LeBron's having a bad year, he's still going to be right. the best player on, you know, Cleveland or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't in any way, shape, or form agree with any of these women's players that are saying she shouldn't be able to come back. Right, ever. Ever. Or more than she already has served so I, I i mean what was your thought you you mentioned why you think they're doing that yeah i think they're just they're trying to uphold that image of tennis being you know the fair you know upscale or not upscale but you know what i mean above reproach right that kind of sport where it's just you know we don't tolerate these rules being broken and it's a, you know iron fist and all that but i just think especially with serena being out you need i mean you need some star power in there and i mean if people wanted it against her, that makes it more compelling for the tournament. Well, and I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know why they're doing it. I, I know why the women's, we talked about this earlier, why the women are, are you know, bitching about it. Right. Because they're scared. Yeah. And would they be complaining if the number 150 in the world, you know, wasn't. Right. Was suspended or wasn't playing. You know, they wouldn't be mad that person's back on the tour. Right. It might be, but they'd be stupid or, or they'd just be doing it to prove a point right. that, uh, yeah. So I, I, yeah, that's weird why the French is doing that. But Maybe to, to say that she's not one of the top 200 players in the world is, is insane. Um, right. Which essentially is what you're saying by not letting her in the tournament. Yeah. So I think it's more of a disservice to the tennis, tennis fans than anything else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't think the people in France, I mean, who's who are who are the French players that are in the mix to uh, win this thing? Any? Not many. Mladenovic, Gerges. I mean, they're not probably favored to win. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's a top ten French player right now um, that I know of. So yeah, they're kind of. Uh, they need some players to watch. Well, yeah. Well, I was going to say it's not. So that can't be the reason they think they're. Well, let's you know. Right. We don't want to hurt our chances. Right. Um saw a highlight the other day of um oh mary pierce <laughs> yeah they were they were talking uh, it was uh, on twitter or something or on facebook or something and uh i don't know how to operate e- either of them but <laughs> sometimes i come across videos and it was um she was running across the backcourt trying to chase down uh a ground stroke she overran it a little bit so she couldn't get out of the way. So she leaps oh, up, I know what you're pirouette, you know, about, yeah. and then hits, a, you know, facing the court. So she it wasn't a tweener right. like reverse, but she was facing the court and hit it, kind of a lob. I'm sure it was a little bit of a shank, but hit a lob, winner. Right, it was pretty exciting. 
Even though is she even really French? I, <laughs> well, they, they took credit. Kind of like back to what we're talking about about the grandsons being predictable. You know that to me was exciting when you didn't know who was going to win a grandson. Yeah, ever. yeah. I mean, you had some crazy Ivan Isovich and Thomas Johansson and Mary Pierce and oh, Mary. Well, Sarah Arani, who we talked about earlier, just that was recent. But I just think that made the tournament more interesting when you thought, man, anybody can win this tournament. Are we just being old men? Is it like our back in our day? <laughs> Although you're younger than me, so your day is not quite my day. But is it is that just us being old? Because it seems like, on the men's side especially, and that's not just to bolster my Sampras argument, but it seems like the depth was better on both sides. And, a grand, and again, I even take out the Williams sisters, who right. are an outlier. Uh, by the way, Williams was back uh, yeah. playing in Rome. Um, but even even with the Williams sisters taken out, it's still, I mean... Yeah, it's the same, yeah. you know, same five, six players. There's a little more variety in the women's results, but... I mean, you can boil down the men's tournament right now, any Grand Slam, to about five or six players. Yeah, I do think the women have a few more, but it doesn't seem like it has a depth of back in the day. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but that's actually, it, the fact they have more depth than the men is better. But I think both men and women back in the day had more depth. And I'm talking about 90s. Right. You know, ni- late 80s, 90s, back in the day. That's my back in the day. Not this. I mean, the 70s, I mean, a lot of great <laughs> stuff then too, but. Speaking of, not to get off the topic, this is kind of on the topic of women's tennis. Is this a sign that I've been wrong all along? Maybe tennis is not in trouble? <laughs> I You have no I idea what I'm hear. talking about. No. Oh, goody. I saw two. Two things <laughs> that indicate maybe people care about tennis, and I didn't know it. All right. Neither of them have to do with this podcast, <laughs> unfortunately. We're not getting picked up by CBS Radio uh, Sports. Um Two movie pre- previews. Okay, I know one of them. For two uh, tennis-based movies. And not just like that goofy Wimbledon love story oh. where, you know, I think it was a kind of a knockoff of like um, Jimmy Connors and um, what's her name? Not Patty. C- Christina Everett. Oh, oh. You yeah. know, like their love story right. during, you know, I, I think it's like a knockoff. Like they just kind of stole that idea and just made it into an awful movie with awful tennis. No, but... So which one did you hear about? Well, I think I know both now, but the one I saw the trailer just came out was the John McEnroe. Right. So Borg McEnroe. Right. Or Borg versus McEnroe or whatever. And Shia LaBeouf <laughs> yes. from uh, Transformers fame. Who has had similar outbursts to McEnroe. Oh, no. So. Way worse. Oh, my God. What a nutball. <laughs> I don't ball. know you can be worse than McEnroe, but yes, probably so. What a nutball. Um, so Shia LaBeouf as John McEnroe. And I mean, you know, it's Hollywood. They, they can do hair and makeup right. to make him look you yeah. know in, in costumes and wardrobe or whatever and so he looks pretty good he's got yeah. the goofy curly hair with the you know the headband right um short shorts <laughs> and uh and then um i don't even know who the actor was playing borg some i didn't even see yeah yeah some swedish dude i don't i don't know but um and then borg's coach i guess it's his coach um is a pretty famous actor um, that you may have heard of. He was the guy that was in um, Goodwill Hunting. He was the he was like the um, the mathematician guy that was trying to get Matt Damon's character a job at like the NSA and all that other stuff. Okay, you remember he was like uh, <laughs> God Almighty. I know that's supposed to be. Have an you seen movie. that movie? I have seen it. But okay, it's not. Well, I'm not recounting it because it's, <laughs> I think it's an amazing movie. It was a lovely movie. Don't get yeah. me wrong. 
Um, but what you mean is it's a recognized actor. Yeah, Stellan Skarsgård. Okay. He's been in all yeah, kinds of stuff. he's been in a few things. Yeah. yeah, So that, but that's kind of like, whatever. And maybe it's not his most, whatever. <laughs> oh, he's in the Avengers? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was in the Avengers. That's what people know him from in Thor. There you he's go. He's the same guy, both of those. So anyway, so he's in it. Um, uh, Shia Alabouf. Uh, is in it, and then who is a Bjorg? And it's so rare we get to talk about tennis movies. So I, that's I know, believe me. Um, so Sver Gudnison is <laughs> plays Bjorn Borg. I don't know who the hell so that he's is. Probably kind of an up and coming maybe actor. Who knows? Or European, or he's famous in Europe and not here. Oh, he was in the Circle, which is a which movie just came out. Yeah, not no, no, it's not. <laughs> that was out in 2015. That was some other Circle. <laughs> <laughs> that was some foreign circle thing. Maybe this was a remake of the foreign circle. All yeah. kinds of stuff, but I, oh, yeah, a lot of it's foreign, so he must have been wherever he's from, uh, Norway or something. Nah, and, who cares? And then the other one, I assume, is... So, the other, so first of all, it, it basically, I think it's based around that Wimbledon, the famous you know right. battle, blah, 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 18, 16, uh, as they call it, with the tie break. Um so, and then I think it's mainly focused around Borg. Okay. Because he's the enigma. You know, he's the right. one that you didn't know what was going on because yeah. he was so stoic and ice in his veins and all that. And uh, and then he just abruptly just dipped. Right. A la James Brown. Uh, not James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> he died. That was pretty abrupt, too. I yes. apologize. Uh, hey, I'm a big James Brown fan. Um, Jim Brown. There you go. Yeah, you know, he kind of abruptly when <laughs> probably he probably named James Brown officially, but yes. So Jim Brown is in the the Cleveland Browns running back. Uh also at the top of his game kind of dipped. Right. But the difference is you're getting hit in the head all the time and it hurts. Yeah, I don't think he just I think he still thought he had it. Like Born Borg uh, apparently thought he didn't have it anymore and that's why he quit. Whereas James Brown, I'm sure Jim Brown, <laughs> I'm sure could have uh Hi! Could have knocked some people out for a couple more years if he wanted to. Right, right. So, anywho, so that's one thing. The other, or that's one movie. The other movie is Battle of the Sexes. So here, boom, right back to right. it. Women's tennis. So the famous uh, match between uh, Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs held at the Houston Astrodome, which, which at, at the time was called the Eighth Wonder of the World because yeah. it was like. Uh, you know, now, I mean, you look at the stadiums now and it, it literally, if you look on a Google maps, you can look at it and it would fit inside the stadium that's <laughs> right. right next to it, the Minute Maid Park or whatever the hell that thing's called now. Well, now they call me that. What's that? The eighth one of the world. There you yeah. go. Because of his tennis uh, oh, yeah. game or your hosting ability on a podcast. <laughs> So, but no, so who's going to play? That's kind of women's tennis. Yeah, who's going to play Billie Jean or do we even know? Uh, it's already, yeah, they already have, I've, I saw a uh, uh, footage of it. So Steve Carell plays Bobby Riggs. <laughs> that's pretty good casting. And Bobby Riggs was older. Right. Like in his 50s maybe. Yeah. Um, and so Carell is still a good looking actor guy. Right. So he didn't look as old as Bobby Riggs looked, but whatever. They did, you know, makeup and all that stuff again with Hollywood. And then Emma Stone. That's right. I've which, heard that. Which you would think, what? But- Watching the trailer, she, she looked pretty good. Like yeah. looked like her mannerisms, and then you know, I think speaking wise, she sounded a bit like her. Okay, so she, you know, I mean, again, a lot of people that may go see that have no idea who Billie right. Jean King is. Well, that's kind of a good way to get a younger audience interested in that movie because those are two kind of popular younger actors. Yeah. So now we immediately went away from talking about women's <laughs> Rome. Um, t- t- but that is women's tennis. Right. And so anyway, so 
Anything else to say about Rome? I mean, Holop could have taken over the three spot if she won. Yeah. Uh, but she lost. Um, well, Svitolina, I mean. In three sets. And, yeah, and then Svitolina was the eighth seed. She ended up winning. So I like to see younger players just, you know, doing well. So we saw the men's and the women's, a young player. As long as they don't well. go away. Right. It's like, it drives me crazy. Which in the when, women's, like, they do that a lot. Muguruza, you know, she wins the French and then disappears. Right. And it's like, come on, man. So, anywho. So we're not going to do French Open predictions until next week. Right. Even though we come out on Tuesday. So hopefully the players we predict are still in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not betting on Andy Murray. <laughs> I'll tell you that. We're Angelique Kerber for the love of Pete. Um, so anywho. But uh, but yeah, so now we got a week of tennis off. So uh, outside of drama, um, not much going on. There is a tournament going on, but nobody's going to play it. Um, well, and I was wondering if you as a coach, would you have Murray and Walrinka play this tournament? Because they've played so bad. Like, don't you want to get some level of confidence going into it? You know, it's Grand funny. Slam? It's it's uh, it's kind of like a goalie sometimes in hockey. Not to invoke <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are up three two in their series after a seven zero victory today against the Ottawa Senators. Sorry if you're from Ottawa. I apologize. Now they're they've lost three four since this came out. I'm just kidding. No, they were up seven <laughs> zero. Um, no, I've been in the series. Yeah, but so the last game we got smoked. No, no, no the, well. So we were down 2-1 in the, the last game we had lost. We got bl- we were down 5-0. We finally scored a goal for fun. And at some point during that game, Flurry, the goalie, gets pulled. Right. And sometimes I think there is something to be said for just pulling somebody. Just get, you know, stop the damage. Right. Get your life in order. You know, go hang out at the beach or something. Drink <laughs> a couple of beers. Do something. Um. Now, Djokovic is a little different because he ended up kind of rebounding and having right. a good tournament, obviously. I didn't think he played great all no, the way through. He, he did in spots. But, um, yeah, so I, I would say because of the grueling nature of a two-week French Open, um, you know, I don't think that would be a bad thing for some of these guys who have all the pressure on them, who now people are looking at them like, what are you doing? Uh, to sit them, let them chill out, re- recharge. I mean, obviously they're going to hit tennis balls and, right. and train and do the things they normally do. Well, and they're going to get – an easy first round, almost always. Well, <laughs> is I mean, there an easy could first be Murray round? Murray and Fonini again first round, but you know, normally you're going to play somebody who's ranked between fifty and a hundred in the first round, right? And I mean, even Rusty, you're not confident. You would think the number one, two, three players in the world can win that, yeah, and build some kind of confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, no. To answer your question, absolutely, sit, sit them. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not. That's not how it works. You know, the player right. decides what happens, which is why I wouldn't last very long as a coach. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, they should sit themselves, take a break, recharge, and then come back in fresh. And like you said, I mean, theoretically, they'd be able to play their way into the tournament. Right. Such a big draw, you're going to have all the seeds spread way out. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's – listen, you're coaching genius, man. <laughs> you don't need to ask me. So, anywho. So, all right, well, there you go. What do we? What else, anything else? I think that's it. Sharapova should be in with <laughs> the main draw with the wild card. Something. Do you she agree should with be that? in the French. We'll make a I damn think decision. Quali- I think qualifying they would have been oh fine. My they, God. they could have said, "We're going to put you in qualifying. You got to earn your way in the tournament." No, nope, I think you're wrong. <laughs> the she's already served her punishment. Why does the French Open get to punish her more? Well, I would have been more fun with her being in the main draw than not being in anything. I'll how about it what? It, how about this? Would be awesome. What if like the USA or somebody. Gave her a wild card, you know, because those tournaments, right. those tournaments have a you know reciprocal deal for wild cards. Yeah. So, 
you know, each federation of, of the four majors gives the other four, you know, the other right. three majors wild cards in, in return for whatever. And so using one of ours for Sharapova would have been dope. She does live here for yeah. Pete's sakes, you know? I mean, if they hadn't already had, I'm sure they had some kind of tournament or something for it. So that would have been kind of, yeah, you know, screwed that person over. Maybe. But so anywho. All right. Well, another fantastic week this time. We got a lot in yes. because we didn't have co-hosts <laughs> yelling at me. Um, I think the fans might have missed them. Either one or both. Yeah. I think maybe. So we need to miss a week or two and let them just do it. Yeah. And see how they like it. <laughs> It'd be all men's fashion and uh, yeah, exactly. just kidding. Of course not. All right. Well, we got a week off as far as uh, tennis. For the most part, there's a little tournament. Uh, where is it? Um it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Jing Zhao, I think is what Jing it is. Jing Zhao. <laughs> so uh, there's a tournament, um, uh, smaller, I think it's a 250. And whatever the girls' version of that is, I have no earthly. Nuremberg, Germany. And they don't even count this tournament towards, you know, French Open seating or anything. So Yeah, they don't count any of them. It doesn't do matter for that. Uh, so, yeah, so next week we get fired up for the French. I will say that uh, that goofy music and baguettes and all that, it gets me in the mood for summer. Yeah, that's another thing that it, that you know you don't think about kind of placing yourself in that feeling when you see commercials for it, the little right. you know the little logo of it. You know, you see up there on Tennis Channel, it's like eight days <laughs> or whatever, and, and I'm like, oh man, I guess I do get fired up for the damn French. I like the French Open. What are you going to do? I try to act like I don't, but I do. <laughs> well, for me, it's like when that first player loses, that's when I'm like, okay, we're in the tournament. Like when, you know, some top five or ten players oh, loses, then I'm out. ready. Then I'm like, okay. Even though, you know, I don't want necessarily those players to lose, but it's just like, okay, now the tournament started. I might have to get uh might have to get Tennis Channel Plus for this one. Well, I've got direct T V so that helps. Yeah, it's six channels. Yeah. So you get five other courts besides the ESPN two court. Right. Um and then ten I don't know how it's all working with Tennis Channel, because Tennis Channel's got this thing, right? Right. They have all of them. So is it not on ESPN? Well, they've sold a lot of them to ESPN. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, they sell certain time slots. They have to, man. They can't handle the broadcast. Right. You know, they can't handle Well, Tennis so. Channel, I think their strategy is they buy it so they can run those matches they anytime want. they want, all year long. Right, Whereas if right, ESPN right. bought it, they would be able to run it, when it, which they never would. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they kind of hog it up. So they say, you guys can run it live, and we'll run it, you know, all day for two weeks. We'll when do you're it not live. It. <laughs> right. Sorry. That was Sorry. Our podcast uh, need, idol. We need to get that uh, <laughs> that drop or whatever. We'll I do it that. live. I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right. All right, sir. Well, appreciate you being here. The lone wolf out here, me and you. Yeah, uh, they missed out. They did. So, we'll, we will be broadcasting on the holiday weekend. We are dedicated. We are dedicated and have no lives. <laughs> so, well, everybody out there, I appreciate you listening. Please, please, please spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't have friends, just tell a stranger. Go to any random tennis club, <laughs> private, public, whatever, and just spread the word. Um, maybe we should sell T-shirts or something, or great. sell like bag tags. Bag tags would be great. Yeah, let's do. We're gonna start doing that. I don't, <laughs> how, I don't know how to make that happen. Right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks everybody out there for joining the revolution, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.